Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You are listening to the Intentionally Inspirational Podcast. This podcast is created for hungry entrepreneurs who are seeking motivation, personal development resources, and actionable tips. Now for your host, Jason Wright. What's happening, Inspire Nation? This is episode number 65, Social Media 101 with Rachel Peterson. As Rachel starts talking during our conversation, you guys will eventually realize why I chose that title. I believe it is so fitting, it excites me and I could scream. It's very, very fitting. Rachel, I hope you like it too. Now, something interesting happened between Rachel and I during the show. This has never happened to me before, but I'm sure that it will happen again at some point because if it is possible for something to go wrong with technology, eventually it will. I think our friend Murphy tells us that. So we were pretty deep into the episode, and without warning, Skype failed on her end, not her fault, and we lost the feed. So it took us a while. We finally reconnected. The only option that we had was to continue on the Skype app on her phone. So sound quality changes a little bit because you're talking about a new device, new microphone, etc. But we chose to not give up and to see it through anyway. So if you notice a transition in sound quality later or midway through the, the conversation, that is what happened. We lost each other for like 12 or 15 minutes as I recall it. And we're both, uh, we're, we're determined and stubborn, so we got it done. So when adversity strikes Inspire Nation, you've got to roll with it and keep chugging. That's what we did. So before we get rolling with the show today, I want to thank you guys for 65 episodes. There would be no episodes if there was no audience. So for that, I am thankful. Something that I've seen here lately that, that's exciting is a little bit of an uptick in our email list. It's growing. It's exciting. People are uh, taking advantage of the free resources. And I'll be honest, I arrived at a decision or an epiphany is probably a better word for it today about the future of some things we're doing. And it's exciting. We've got some really, really good ideas and we're going to implement them and make them happen. The timing is not quite right yet, but it soon will be. So Rachel and I actually found each other on Twitter, as I recall, and... I don't know if she liked a tweet or something that I put out there. And I just said, hey, you want to come on the podcast? She's like, sure. So it was a really, really easy conversation. Twitter still makes that pretty possible. And it's been a while. We've had to reschedule once. And as you guys have heard me say before, sometimes these shows take a while to to plan and schedule and make happen. So it, it is what it is. But it was worth the wait. We had a lot of fun. You guys uh, so taking my word for it. Let's check it out. What's happening, Inspire Nation? As always, I've got another amazing guest for you this week. This week, I've got Rachel Peterson. Let me tell you what I know about her. She's a social media strategist slash manager. She's a blogger. She's an entrepreneur, of course. She's a Huffington Post contributor. I'm jealous. I want to do that, too. (laughs) And she's also the founder of Social Media University. Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Jason. No problem. How excited are you? <laughs> Woo! No, uh, <laughs> I haven't had enough coffee today, so I'm going to grab my coffee so that I'm extra excited. But I'm I'm excited. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, I was going to your website and I saw something in there that I just adore. 
Uh, tell us a little bit about your journey from the eight to five. You know, I did my homework from not calling it a nine yes, to five. Yes, you did. Tell us about the eight to five to the side hustle to the full time hustle. Oh man, it has been such a journey that has all played out over just the course of eighteen months. You know, I've always worked full time for others. You know, I. Actually, three years ago, I was working full-time as a hairstylist doing, you know, highlights and colors, and I was really good. I'm not even going to be humble about it. That was something that I was so good at, and it was really fun, Um, and that was where I got my first taste of using social media. I was actually building my clientele using not just social media, but relationships and really capitalizing on every single relationship, and I built a clientele that was like fiercely loyal. Basically, it's kind of funny because now looking back, it's like they were followers in a way. I was providing them a service, but they were they were followers of, I don't know, the Rachel Peterson brand. There and that was what they were loyal to. So I was using social media and I was starting to realize that as much as I love doing hair, it was the social media and marketing and like the psychology behind what creates raving customers that I loved. So I actually just completely jumped ship with no degree. Um, I reached out to first a digital marketing agency. And before I did that, I really went through my LinkedIn and made it look extra markety. Um, I'm just kidding. That's not a word. <laughs> I made it, you know, I made it highlight all of my expertise in anything that could remotely be considered marketing. And it was definitely a glamorized or a glorified version of, of what everything looked like. But I got a job at a digital marketing agency. Well, I worked there for a few months, but then was um, offered an incredible job at a tech company in the eight to five as their marketing manager. And so I took that once again, still with not really a great, you know, resume or anything, but just a ton of passion and, you know, excitement for marketing, figuring out how I could make it was get this in network hardware, which is so not sexy or fun. (laughs) It's like, Oh yeah, look at that switch. That's awesome. But I found ways to make it super, you know, exciting. And they had a really snarky market. It's basically everyone who hangs out on Reddit. And so we found ways to just turn it into a really fun company. And it, it really showed with how their customers felt. They were like, Oh my gosh, you guys are different. This is so cool. So Unfortunately, I had that little itch that we get sometimes. And once it happens, if anyone who's listening to this, you know it when you feel it. It's this itch where it's like, this is great and I love it, but some for some reason I'm not fulfilled. I'm supposed to be doing something else. And that wouldn't go away. So I had to figure out how in the world am I going to, you know, start my own business or something. And I didn't see the full vision of what it was all going to come together as, but I secured my first client using LinkedIn and just, you know, I didn't have a strong network, so I had to get pretty scrappy and find people who could potentially be my clients. Well, things happened very quickly from there. Six months later, I was able to leave my night, my eight to five. I love that you did your homework. And just a few months after that, I retired my husband from his nine to five. Um, his was actually like a six to six. I mean, it was oh, wow. not, it was so intense. He was like at work early, staying late, working, you know, 60 hours a week. His was so intense. 
Um, but I retired him and then really worked to grow my agency. Um, and then from there, I mean, this isn't like the perfect order. It's not exactly how it all happened, but I started a university, which is social media university. And it really attracted a lot of social media managers, which was never my initial intent. I knew that there were a few, I just didn't picture that it would, I would need to pivot and rebrand it as the social media university for social media managers. Well, that's huge. Oh, it was, it was huge. I was actually thinking I'd be working with like business owners and then that's just not really what it attracted. Yeah, very so, interesting. Very. very. Well, man, I love a lot of things you said. Uh, where shall I begin? One thing that I always point out and I, I'm drawn to very, very quickly, whether it's in person or through this setting is when I hear somebody that's fired up about what they're doing, just that passion just pours through the sound waves and everybody in Inspire Nations hearing that nod in their head like, hell yeah, I hear it. That's good <laughs> stuff, man. I love it. Because well, I know, thanks. absolutely. I mean, I know you like I, you've got to know people who are so miserable in their job or their career path. And you're like, God, what are you doing? Find what you love and pursue it. It's not always going to be a clear a clear path. I mean, like you said, you're heading towards A. You see that there's opportunity to B, so you plant one foot and you pivot and you start heading that way. I mean, that's what the journey is all about. Beautiful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Well, let me ask you this. At, at what point? So you touched, you touched on a little bit. So you talked about the itch, and she's talking about that itch like, man, there's more out there for me. I think everybody listening knows what that feels like. At what point did you know you had to do something differently? And, and you touched on that, but can you dial that into a specific point in time or even an event? Yeah. You know, it's funny because now looking back over my life, there was always an entrepreneurial streak in me. And I didn't even know what it was. I, when you're so used to following the plan, especially I'm from Minnesota, which is in the Midwest. And, you know, it's everybody follows the specific plan for their life. It's you go, you know, you go to high school, you go to college, you leave college, you get a corporate job making $40,000 a year you get married, you have kids, you marry your college sweetheart. It's just like there's this set plan that we're kind of like programmed to follow, especially here and especially in the Midwest. And when I looked at, you know, when I, when I actually used to work back in the restaurant industry, there was always this part of me that was like, I want to look at like the franchise application. And I d didn't know what it was, but I was like drawn to it. I was like, oh man, wouldn't that be cool if someday I could own my own. And when I was working, um, in another restaurant, I was like, someday we're going to have our own restaurant. And then when I worked in the hair industry, I was like, someday I'm going to have my own salon. It's going to be my thing. And then when I went into marketing, it was like, it still felt so far away because I think marketing agency sounds so prestigious. I didn't see the vision of the agency, but I was like, what if I took on clients and what could that look like? So it was kind of just like this underlying feeling, like an itch that has to be scratched. Mm -hmm. And then one day, you know, my daughter was sick and I stayed home from work. And, you know, I remember like we all used to get sick a lot. And, you know, we would we would call into work just like anyone does. And so I went into my nine to five and I got written up for staying at home with my daughter when she was sick. And we had missed some work, which was, you know, it's just a part of life, especially when you have small kids. So it really upset me that I got written up. 
And I actually proposed to my, my job, what if I were to, you know, work three days a week because I could get all of, you know, your KPIs done in three days, but then I'm able to be at home with my daughter two days a week and make sure that I have home life balance. And they like laughed me off of that. That was like, not going to happen. Absolutely not. They were like, the, the president comes in every single day. So I was like, okay, but it was hard because I knew that I could be so much more efficient. And I knew that I could get the job done in three days a week versus being in there every single day. And that's when I got really upset. And I was like, it's time to finally make something happen. And that's when I, I went to town. Absolutely. Well, it's crazy. You know, people getting this, uh... This, I got a oh, backtrack. My mind jumps around. But I got a backtrack. So the way that you <laughs> described understanding the working um, path, I'll say. So you you had the same upbringing as me. You go to school. You get a career. This is how it works. Happily ever after. I'm actually writing a book, and my first chapter is dedicated to exactly what you just said, almost as if you mm. co-authored it, which scared me. I was like, how, <gasps> how is she saying exactly what I've already written? So that book's wow. not out yet, but it will be later in the year, and I'll reach out to you and all my other guests and say, hey, help me promote it. So the Awesome. Po- the power <laughs> of the network, right? Yes. So, But no, it's it's absolutely right, and it, it's funny to me how the president comes in every day. Well, you know what? That's not your problem that he comes in every day. He's the dummy that's not getting with the times and taking advantage of yes. technology. So I hate those kind of responses from people. And oh. I, I'm getting pissed off for you because yes. I've heard so much of that, and it makes no sense. Like those responses are not based in in anything rational. It's completely ridiculous. So, so you felt that itch and you did something about it. Um, what, was it scary for you at all? I mean, did you have fear kind of stepping away from that that perception of safety or not really? Oh, absolutely. And to add like insult to injury with you know the the fear. So I submitted a one month notice. I wanted to give myself a safety net. Um, They totally saw it coming, which was good. And I do always say, like, we have a great relationship now. They were pretty hurt when I left. But at the same time, I knew that they would understand when they saw what I was going to build. It would make sense to them. And so, like, now my boss and I are, we're good friends. We went out, you know, for burgers the other day. And now he's like, so, actually, I won't say that. But someday I think he could actually be a huge entrepreneur, too. He saw something. So, um. When I submitted my one month notice, I was so scared. And we have, you know, that was the most I had ever made in a job by far. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it was a very well paying job. It was very secure. I literally could have been there putting in 25 to 30% effort for the next 15 years and still get, you know, promoted and moved up because I think that's kind of what the corporate world is. Mm -hmm. And it was so scary to leave. But then literally the next day, my biggest client canceled. So (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. It's I know it's trial by fire. It's like, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? Try this, you know. (laughs) So the next day I'm having like this breakdown. I mean, my stomach is like falling. My heart is racing. I'm trying not to cry all the time. Um, And. I, you know, I finally just said to my husband, I was like, we need to look at like the worst case scenario. What if I completely fail and I never get clients and I lose all my clients and it's just like, what if this never happens? He's like that. Well, a, that's not going to happen. He's very, very calm. He's not an entrepreneur, but he's just so chill and go with whatever. I love people like like that. 
oh my gosh, I don't understand it because I'm like 120 miles an hour all the time. But he's just so calm. He goes, well, A, that's not going to happen. But B, okay, go get a new job. Correct. (laughs) He's like, it'll be fine. And it's so funny because looking back, the, the risk of maybe not having clients, it really isn't that scary. You can always go back to work. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if you were marketable then, you'll be marketable in the future as well. This idea that somebody, you know, people have this idea like, oh, my God, what am I going to do if I fail? Well, you'll figure it out and you'll find a way to succeed again. It's not that scary. I talked to a woman. This is just way off the cuff, but this is how I roll. I talked to a woman two weeks ago, and she's 80 years old, and she was telling me that she had been trying to publish a book about her life for 40 years. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, why have you not published the book? Well, it's almost done. Almost got it. And I said, you know, <gasps> I said, I'm not trying to offend you. I do not want to offend you. But what what else do you need to do? Publish the damn book. Like, right. don't for everybody listening, boy or girl, do not be that old person that's still talking about what I should have done when you still have time to do it now. Absolutely. It's just and- unbelievable. That's kind of crazy when you hear that, because if it took her 40 years to finish the book, like she should have had volume one, volume two, you know what I mean? Like publish with what you're, what you have so far, just find a conclusion and just go with it. And then imagine how many more books she could have written over those next 40 years instead of letting fear stop her. It was the fear of what other people will think. What if it's not good enough? What if it, you know, and here's the funny thing about that. I'm, I'm all fired up now. Who cares what other people think? Because I had this conversation with somebody face-to-face the other day. They said, well, I, I want to do this, but I, I'm just not getting any support. I said, let me guess. I said, I don't know you from anybody. Let me guess. You're asking your close friends and your family, and none, none of them are supportive. She said, how would you know? I said, let me, let me guess something else. None of them have actually built a business themselves. She said, how would yes. you know that? I said, because that's how it works. Yes. So, so powerful. Well, tell me about this. You have uh, big social networks. I peeked at Twitter, and I was like, wow, that's very nice. And I looked at Instagram, my favorite favorite social <laughs> platform, and I said, Ooh. wow, even bigger. So I've got to know, how quickly did it uh, happen for you? How long did it take you for, to build up your social networks? Yeah, all of it was started in October, like, so 18 months ago, October and November of 2015. Oh so when I gosh. started with this stream, I... And this is the craziest part. Anyone who's listening, I want you to hear this because I am not anything special. Like I'm just a mom from Minnesota. We don't have like a mansion. We don't have, you know, like this luxury lifestyle where we're jet setting everywhere. You know what I mean? And so it's like I had to recognize that I had some value to deliver. And at that time I had like 200 followers on Instagram that are like all my friends 60 followers on Twitter and maybe a couple hundred page likes on Facebook. But once again, they're all my friends in my existing network. And it was, I started this intention of building it up. And the hardest part is recognizing that you don't speak to where you are today. You speak to where you want to go. So when I'm sending out these tweets, I'm sending out these tweets for the future. Like, what is this future following going to look like? And I'm going to pretend as though it's already here. That's so, so important. Oh my gosh. And 
it's awkward because you send out that first tweet, you get no responses. You know, you mm-hmm. put up a photo and you get six likes. That's okay. It doesn't have to start there. But now when I look forward, um, everything really exploded the month that I was leaving my nine to five. And that is when I crafted a, a post on Facebook intentionally to go viral. And it did. Wow. So it reached, you know, 11.5 million people Good and was God. picked up. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's actually it's actually going viral again right now, which is kind of fun. So I can see it happening. But it's... I crafted that intentionally and I was like, I'm pretty sure this is going to go viral. And then it did. And it was picked up by like Huffington Post, the Today Show. Um, There were like 30 something publications that featured it initially, the big ones. And then, you know, Ashton Kutcher shared it, George Takai, my family's geeking out. You know, it was just really cool. And that jump started the growth in absolutely everything. But you'll notice it took from October until April for that to happen. So I didn't have a social network before that. It was just friends and family. That is insane. Just so people listening can get their, wrap their mind around this. Uh, so your Twitter is what? 14,000. Yeah. Almost 15. I'm In, going for 15 soon here. <laughs> Instagram's what? 23,000. I think it's 21, 21,000. 21, yeah. Right. What about Facebook? Facebook. My page has, it's, at 9,800 followers. And then the other part of that that's more powerful is that I have a group yeah, for social media out. managers. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. We've got like 6,100 members in my free group. I was telling somebody the other day that from what I've seen, Facebook groups are the most engaged place on social media. They absolutely are. And one thing that's really important, I'm sure you're kind of – we could probably like talk about this forever – One thing that's really important is recognizing how to diversify on social media because these big platforms own each of them. We don't own it. We think we do. They own us and they can they could shut down your account tomorrow and you say it's not fair. Well, fair or not, it's their company you built on their land. And so with you loving Instagram, you're going to be hearing a lot more about like the shadow ban and the algorithm changes. So remember when Facebook pages got the smackdown like a year oh, yeah. ago? Yep. That's about to happen on Instagram and it's slowly rolling out and people are freaking and they're trying to find an answer. And it's like, well, the answer is don't build your house on rented land. Diversify yourself and just keep going. Yeah, And, and do you focus a lot on building the email list as well for that reason? You know, I haven't focused on it as much. I recommend it for everybody. Say, Rachel, um, you've got a big opportunity here. I know. I have I have a decent-sized email list. Um, but what's really powerful is that my email list is, like, beyond engaged. It's something I've never seen before. It's like they're hyper, hyper, hyper engaged. And most people say your email list is worth about $1 per email. That's, like, what you can expect from revenue. Mm-hmm. So your goal is to grow it. You know, if you have a 500,000 person email list, you'll at least be bringing in at first, you know, 500,000, but then there's opportunities for more. Well, my list is worth so much because they all know, like, and trust me. And so beautiful. it's, yeah, it's still a little smaller. Um, but I'm pretty proud of it because it's, there's this huge relationship that mm-hmm. we've really capitalized on. Very nice. Very nice. Well, yeah. um, Tell me, tell me a little bit about, so you, you touched on social media university, 
And is that like an online school, basically? Is it is it active courses? Is it work at your own pace courses? How is that set up? Yeah. So Social Media University is it's a monthly membership. It's just $49 a month, and people have access instantly to all of the different courses within there that teach you everything from how to manage the the growth and you know content for each social media platform, how to use schedulers, how to set up systems. It is primarily focused for social media managers and marketing professionals. So with that being said, there's a lot about securing clients and how to manage clients and expectations because that's like the hardest part of the business. It's not the social media, but there's a lot about how to grow, how to grow your social media. I, I shared this in real time when I, I had this one month push where I wanted to grow my Twitter by 5,000 followers. And I did it over a month without automation. And I was able to share it with my students and I just documented the whole process and everyone who went through it saw growth over the next month of either 1,000, 3,000, 5,000, and one person actually beat my record. So everything about social media is in there and I share it all. And then there's a highly engaged community. Um, There are masterminds. It's really, I know this now, it is an incredibly valuable amount of content for Social Media University for just a low monthly price. Nice. I, I'll just be honest. I love the subscription, the monthly subscription model. It's a great model and very helpful for the people involved with it. So that's awesome. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I like to uh, – let's focus for a moment on the, the startup uh, person that, that's making under 100000 a year in sales. How important is social media to these folks, in your opinion? Oh, my gosh. It is everything. And the reason that I say that is so – you know, you guys have heard a little bit about my journey where we weren't loaded by any means, you know, we didn't have tons of money to invest. It still felt like a big risk. So I had to evaluate every single purchase. You know, my husband and I were like, is it worth spending on Facebook ads? Can we afford ClickFunnels? The answer was no and no. So it's like, how can you capitalize on free opportunities to grow an audience? And so that is actually why I became somebody who is recognized on social media is because I had to make social media work. I had to leverage that free opportunity. So there's tons of opportunity. You know, if you're not on at least three platforms engaging regularly, um, you know, promoting whatever it is that you have not going on, not in terms of sales, but like free relationship building things, email building activities, then there are no excuses you have to take advantage of social media because it's the future. Well, let me ask you this. What are your, what are your opinions on, uh, you know, Hootsuite and Buffer? I noticed that Instagram and Facebook both seem to punish you as far as what, you know, visibility by doing that versus posting organically. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, my, my biggest thought about schedulers is that if the scheduler helps you to stay consistent and you know what your audience wants, I don't actually see a decline in engagement. So if you're if you're listening to this, I want you to look at my Facebook page and see how crazy engaged my Facebook page is. Like any question I post gets tons of answers. Any image that I post gets shared and gets likes. And it's all done through schedulers. I don't use Buffer or Hootsuite. I really like Post Planner. Okay. And here's what I notice and why sometimes Hootsuite or Buffer get penalized um, 
I don't really know how to explain it, but it's, it's, this is, I think, one of the reasons that you don't see as much results from using a scheduler. So when you're sitting down and you're bulk creating all of your content, you're like, oh, I got to get all this scheduled. There's like a, a different sense behind it. It's like an obligation or a chore that you have to sit down and put together. Whereas when you're posting in live time, you're excited about something or you have something to share or you have a question that you really want answered. And so what I find is that people sometimes just load up their buffer Hootsuite with, okay, well, there's my social media for the week and then it's done. But what they don't realize is that every single post, every single tweet, every single image is the opportunity to connect. So you have to be intentional with what you load into your scheduler. Interesting. So you're saying it's not a, a platform thing at all it's a mindset thing 110 percent. so yeah like you can check out my facebook page it's the mrs peterson and you'll see that even though everything's coming from post planner it is incredibly engaged very nice well i'm really interested to hear what you have to say about this what are the top three social platforms for inspire nation my audience to focus on in order from which ones you like the best Ooh. Well, I have one question about Inspire Nation. Okay. Are they, I mean, I'm sure there's a split, but are they mostly focusing on products or, or are they mostly focusing on services? That's a great question. And I'll be honest, I don't know. I do not. Well, know. I guess we'll find out from this. We will. So <laughs> be sure to write in and tell Jason what you're focusing on. Um, sorry, I'm going to fill up your email then. Oh, but... you're fine. <laughs> no, that's not a bad thing. I, I know, I, mean, I can think of people, examples of both, but. If I had to guess, I mean, I, I don't have a guess. I don't know. I'm not going to guess. Yeah. I just don't know. Well, listeners are silent. So you never know mm -hmm. um, until they make themselves known. Mm -hmm. So if you are focusing on services, whether you're a coach or a social media manager or, um, or a consultant or something along those lines, this is going to be a shocker. But the number one platform you need to be maximizing is LinkedIn. That You know what's it, so funny? I, I got to interrupt you. I'm sorry. Go for it. I had it. a mastermind meeting with a friend today. There's supposed to be two of us, one of us, or supposed to be three of us. One of them didn't show up. I hope you're listening and you feel guilty. But I ah. told him today, I said, John, I said, guess what my number one incoming source for website traffic is from? What social platform? He said, Facebook. I said, nope, it's LinkedIn. I said yes. I share my, my blog there, and I said LinkedIn groups for me has been so powerful. LinkedIn groups is so, so powerful. And I'm in a bunch of different groups for a bunch of different types of blogs that I create. And, you know, I share my podcast just to my main feed, but those blog posts, man, do they drive a lot of traffic back to the site. And I noticed yes. that, and I was like, I can't believe it. I mean, it's huge. So as you were saying. Oh, and it's there are also, like, some, like, I don't like the word ninja, but whatever, ninja tricks that you can use to really double up. Um, and that's something that I do with LinkedIn. There's a specific strategy. It's like a set of 10 steps so that every person on my LinkedIn network sees me as the ultimate influencer for social media, which is really cool because I know I deliver value. Mm -hmm. So LinkedIn, if you're not on it and you're doing services, get on it. Um, the number two platform that I think is huge and is so underutilized for services and for products is Pinterest. Mm -hmm. And Pinterest is, most people don't use it right. And that's amazing and okay. But I have someone on my team who is a Pinterest expert. And she was like, I mean, she was even looking at our website traffic. And she said, you have no traffic coming from Pinterest. I am willing to bet we can get you to 50%. So if I have almost no traffic coming from Pinterest, 
and she can get me to 50% of my traffic from Pinterest. I mean, that's that's massive growth. That's tons of traffic. And we all just need to bring in that person who looks at the SEO, the metadata, the alt tags and optimizes everything and then puts that massive strategy into place. It's not as simple as just pinning a few pins. There's a lot more. No, it's a lot of work. I have a team member that takes care of all my content, social media marketing, and she'll be listening to this to create the show notes and she'll hear that and she'll perk up. She's a. invested some time and some money into really becoming strong with Pinterest. But I, I was doing it first and I was like, man, I, I can't handle this. It's too much work. There's a lot of work to do it right. Oh yeah. But like oh, you yeah. said, I'm noticing just with my WordPress analytics, I'm noticing inbound traffic from Pinterest. And I'm like, man, I would have never got any of it because I wouldn't have done it honestly, but no, right. that's awesome. And what's number three? Yeah. Oh, number three. I still love Facebook. Um, I think that everything from Facebook pages to your own personal profile, remember that that's just another platform. You know, when I became somebody that was recognized, I had to say goodbye to my personal profile as just that, a personal profile. At this point, people want to connect with me. They want to follow me. They want to, you know what I mean? It's, I had to recognize that social media is no longer like for fun or for personal use to an extent anymore. It's a platform and people are looking and watching and seeing what I say. So anyone who is leading people, your actual personal profile is hugely important. So what I do is I toggle back and forth between private posts and I still assume that all my private posts could still become public because you never know who's on your friends list. Um, And then public posts where anyone who follows me sees those posts and, you know, gets inspired or learns something about social media. Let me ask you this, and I'm probably doing something wrong. So my personal Facebook page is set up private. Does that impact my page, like my page page, my business page? No, it doesn't impact it at all. Um, Your page is separate from your profile, but I make my personal profile more public because people want to know more. They're like, they're nosy. We're all nosy. I love (laughs) creeping someone's photos and finding out what they're up to, but, and everybody does. So your, your audience is probably like, what is Jason doing? Like, what can we see I'm from boring. the outside? All I post <laughs> is uh, pictures of ribs that I smoke, pictures of my daughter getting first place in gymnastics because she seems to do it every time she goes. Stuff like that. She's I'm very, winner. I'm predictable and boring in that regard. And I post tons of stuff about uh, inspiration. So I noticed you didn't say Instagram. Am I too excited about Instagram? No, I don't think so. You know, some people built huge raving followings on Instagram. And I still think there's a lot of power to be held from Instagram. But with the changes that are rolling out right now with the shadow ban, people are freaking out. And they're like, oh my gosh, I built everything on Instagram and I was an influencer and I was getting paid $1,000 per post or or building my list with the link in bio. And everything's about to change. Mm-hmm. So my, my gut tells me, is it powerful? Yes. Um, I think the big thing is going to be watching where Facebook takes Instagram because it's about to become another highly monetized platform. They're going to make you you pay to play. You got it. (laughs) If you want to spin the roulette wheel, you got to pay the dealer. So, no, absolutely. I can see that coming. Well, what's next for you? What else do you have going on or what's on the horizon for 2017? Yeah, so I come up with ideas pretty fast and launch them even faster. Um, so just a couple of weeks ago, I started getting 
requests from my students asking for more access to me because Social Media University grew a lot. It's grown to almost 290 members. Oh, wow. That's great. It's amazing. Like, it's so cool. Every single person that's in there, like, I adore, which is so cool. But that being said, I don't have the time to personally mentor them through everything. Um, But honestly, Jason, I was super resistant to this idea of being called like mentor or coach or whatever, because to me, I feel like that puts people on a pedestal sometimes. Um, Some people are very comfortable with it. I just was like, I don't know. And then I got the third person that asked me, they were like, please, 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 can you, you know, can I pay you? to help me see where my business is going. Always so, say yes to that answer. Just make sure I the suppose. price makes sense. Yes. So the big thing that I launched, it's just being finished up this week. It's a very intense week. Um, I launched a, a group coaching program slash mastermind, and it's called The Social Click. So can <laughs> this is so funny. I was expecting, you know, 10 people might apply and I got over 70 applications for the social click. Yeah. So it's been an intense week. Less than half of them made it through to the call round and less than half of the people on the call round are being accepted. It has to be the absolute perfect people for what my vision is. Um, So that's going to be a huge part. It's a one year mastermind and group coaching program. And every single person that is in the social click is going to see massive growth because that's just how I deliver. So I'm really, really excited about that. Um, shortly here, another beautiful business model right there. Oh my gosh. It's, it was really crazy to see like, (laughs) well, thank you. It was amazing to us. And, you know, obviously it's not about the money, but when I saw that it's a very profitable model. It's like, it kind of blew my mind. I was like, why have I not done this sooner? (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Oh, just incredible. So that's one thing. And then shortly here, I'm going to be announcing a partnership with a really big branding agency. And so we're really excited. We're in negotiations. And then I feel like there are just even more big things, um, that I'm ready to like take on and, you know, just go bigger than I ever thought I could. Oh yeah. The, uh, You know, I'm going to steal a quote from my buddy John Barrett, but the the only limitation is the belief that you have one. I mean, that's his line, but mm. it's so powerful, so powerful. I love it. That's amazing. Love it, love it. So I know people listening are interested, and you've piqued their interest. So how can they follow you and contact you? Ooh, there are a couple different ways to reach me that are the easiest ways to get in touch with me. There is just my website, which has pretty much everything you would want to find. It's uh, www.rachelpeterson.com. And then if you have any you know, questions or interest in Social Media University, I've made it super easy for people. Um, I have a seven-day, $1 trial so that they can see if it's the right fit and they're not committed before, before they make that determination. So if you go to www.smutrial.com, you can test it out for $1 so you're not locked in. Beautiful. And just so everybody knows, Peterson is spelled P-E-D-E-R-S-E-N. So it's spelled like completely wrong. It's all E's and D. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Well, that's awesome. And I'm going to tell you, I love throwing people on the spot because it makes it really awkward for you. And you feel like you have to say yes. But so when I go to launch this book later this year, I'm going to come back to you. You're going to help me share it with your social network? I love that. Let's do it. Awesome. 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 Was that awkward? No, <laughs> it takes a lot to make me awkward or yeah, feel awkward sure. it out. So 
<laughs> well, well, I really appreciate you uh, you talking to me today, and I know you've delivered amazing value on behalf of Inspire Nation. I thank you for your time. Well, thank you so much for having me, Jason, and I hope that your listeners have had just a fun time you know, hanging out with us today. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, we're back. Did you guys notice that little shift in sound quality? That is two entrepreneurs refusing to give up even when the technology fails. So for that, I keep it. You know, some people obsess over every little thing in sound quality. I'm a content over sound quality guy every time. And in this case, I think it it illustrates a nice point. So we let it ride for that reason. And guess what? She'll be back next week anyway. You're not going anywhere. So it worked out just fine. Rachel, I'm positive that you are listening and perhaps laughing at the same time. Thank you for coming on the show. It was a blast. And uh, awesome job with uh, Social Media University. That's really, really cool. So, all right, if you guys want to check out the show notes from this episode, we are doing those in a new format with guests. It may take a a minute to get updated for this episode, but it'll be intentionallyinspirational.com forward slash episode 65. And you can obviously use that same formula for previous and future shows. Check it out. If you guys like the podcast, like us on iTunes, or I should say Follow us on iTunes and leave us a review. I'm saying like us, and it's not even for the right platform, but you know what I mean. I'm just testing you, and you passed. So thank you for listening. Appreciate your ear as always. We will catch up with you next week. Stay inspired. Have a great week. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Intentionally Inspirational. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to the show on iTunes or check us out on SoundCloud. To check out all of our resources for your startup business success, visit our website at intentionallyinspirational.com. We look forward to seeing you again next week.